Hey, this is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton, the real Scott Hamilton, reminding you to listen to the other Scott Hamilton show every day right here on ESPN Charleston because he's nearly as smart as the real Scott Hamilton, just not as good looking. My friends feel as they're the third hour of the Scott Hamilton show. On a Monday. A Monday after South Carolina has collected its seventh regular season victory. And somewhere like Clemson, where they have won at least 10 games over the last 12 years, not a big deal. But given the stage of where things are under Shane Beamer, to get seven wins already with one to go in the regular season, that's a pretty impressive achievement. Already matching the entire total of last year, including the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl victory over North Carolina. uh, Six regular season wins before that. So incremental progress. Incremental progress. And it totally nullifies, it totally shoots down what I said earlier this year. I said they're going to be better. They're going to be better. They're going to play better. They're going to continue to develop. But we might not see it in the records. And by getting that seventh regular season victory, they've already already proven me to be wrong. So what's new about that, me being wrong, but good on Shane Beamer and the guys for being able to get to that point. 606 total yards. 606 total yards against Tennessee. And I know Tennessee's defense isn't one of the elite of the elite. I know it's amongst the worst, actually, at least in passing in the Southeastern Conference. But to be able to go out and execute and go blow for blow, actually exceed that, against one of the best offenses in the country, speaks volumes, volumes about the team. This is a a South Carolina squad that failed to have 300 or more yards in three of the last four games. And then to go out on a grand stage against a top-five opponent and to put out 606 yards, my goodness gracious, that shows some resolve. And it also shows the resolve of the offensive coordinator, Marcus Satterfield. We've criticized him. We've done everything but outright call for his job. I'm not in favor of firing anybody midseason like that on the staff. I don't see the point of it. But I was not against maybe taking away some of the play-calling duties, maybe delegating some of them. I've seen situations where you have had a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator, and then they have a meeting of the minds to call plays. I was for something maybe along those lines. But give Marcus Satterfield credit for stepping up and really exploring the depths of a playbook that a lot of us are having a hard time understanding. Even even some of the players, Spencer Rattler, just a couple of weeks ago, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what to do. As if there was just such a confusing, confusing messaging regarding what the offense is. Is it pro style with an emphasis on the run? Is it pro style with an emphasis on the pass? Are we trying to get into RPO concepts? Nobody had a clear definition or a clear answer. But it all came together as clear as glass on Saturday night against Tennessee. And Marcus Satterfield, despite rumors to the contrary, according to Shane Beamer, Marcus Satterfield called every single play in the game. So good on him for having the resiliency to go about his business and focus when it mattered most. And Shane Beamer sang his praises after the game. Here's Shane Beamer on Marcus Satterfield. Yeah, he was um, he was amazing, and the players. I mean, Eric Douglas just 
came to me in the locker room and said, we need to give Sat a game ball. And Eric actually got up in there and talked about what an amazing job Sat did tonight. And not just tonight, but throughout the week as well. And, and I get it. I mean, it's, when you, it's what you sign up for. When you're the head coach, when you're the offensive coordinator, when you're the quarterback, when things don't go well, we're the three people that get the most blame. And, and don't get me wrong, a lot of it was warranted. We scored zero points offensively last week against Florida, and we didn't look pretty against Missouri. But, um, you know, to be without Marshawn on a CBS tonight and, and um, you know, to do what we did offensively, it's, it's – uh, I know you all – I know I keep saying this, but we've been close. And – it hasn't been good enough. I'll be the first to admit that, but really proud of him and the week that he had and just going to work and and um, and, and getting better. So pretty special night for him, for a guy that that is from East Tennessee and, and was a graduate assistant there uh, as well. Yeah, good on Marcus Satterfield. Now, does this still mean there won't be changes after the season? I, I don't know. I don't know. Did he – did he vindicate himself? Did he do enough to keep his job for another year? I don't know. I, it would be hard to fire him right now, given what happened. I, I still would not be surprised, though, if there's some shifting, some adjusting. But let's worry about Clemson first. Let's let Shane Beamer focus on trying to end a seven-game losing streak to the in-state arch-rival Clemson Tigers, to trying to win in Death Valley for the first time in a decade. Going back to the Steve Spurrier days. Let them worry about that right now. And this is a Clemson team that only gave up 98 yards and 10 points to Miami. That's impressive. 98 total yards. Very different breed of cat than what they faced in Tennessee where the script was flipped. High-octane offense, underwhelming defense. It's going to be a little different this week. Mediocre offense, but a killer defense. Just a monster. How will that impact what they're doing? Will South Carolina still try to be uber-aggressive the way they were against Tennessee to jump on Clemson as quickly as possible, as much as possible? It'll be interesting to see the approach. I, I, I wonder if that cake bakes against the likes of a Clemson defense, going out and just emptying out the playbook, going for broke, doing all kinds of exotic things, different personnel groupings, using personnel in different ways. Keep in mind, keep in mind, this was 606 total yards without a Marshawn Lloyd, without a Christian Bill Smith. It was just a really impressive showing, excellent execution all the way around. Uh, I mentioned the offensive line. The, the best the offensive line has looked in quite a while. Only one sack and two pressures. What does this performance mean going into this week? What's it mean going into the rest of the season? What's it mean going on down the road? We're going to ask somebody who's got a little bit of knowledge about South Carolina football. He rushed for 2,677 yards during his career at South Carolina. He was All-American. He's All-SEC, one of the greatest players in school history. Now he's Director of Player Development at Lewis and Clark College. Marcus Lattimore, welcome aboard. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm still I still got a loose little euphoria from uh being on the sideline on saturday that that place was electric i i've never seen williams bryce the way it was on saturday night uh so i'm still riding high to be honest with you talk to me what what at what point did it settle in for you that this is happening that they are going to win this game and not only win this game but they're going to be dominant 
Oh my goodness. Well, we came out the gates attacking and just the confidence that I, I mean, I kind of knew in the pregame prayer, you know, the director of character, character development, uh, Derek Moore, he gave such a powerful prayer and you could just like, it, the, like the confidence was just oozing off of all of the players that I walked by. It was like they knew. And then you hear the offensive coordinator talk about what, what's about to happen. And it actually happened. Then you hear defensive coordinator go through all of their plans. I mean, we, we tackled well. We attacked, attacked, attacked on offense. Um, I knew, I knew before the game because it just had that feel. It had that calm but energizing feel that it had. I don't know. I mean, it reminded me of Alabama a lot, to be honest with you. How do you – okay, let's go back to that. You guys had the big win over Alabama. Gosh, I guess that was, what, 2010? Is that right, Marcus? Yeah, I'm getting old. Don't don't date me. Brother, I'm older than you are, so don't even don't even start. Don't even start. <laughs> but but how, how do you focus after getting a win like that? I mean, on the one hand, you're going to have confidence because you went out and you did that. You beat one of the best teams in the country. But on the other hand, how do you sustain that drive and, and the focus you had in order to get that victory? That's always the challenge, right? Being able to come back and, and and like you said, sustain dominance. I think about that all the time. What it takes, and you know, the first team that comes to mind is Alabama. It's just like how they stay. It's like it's like they don't look at any other page but the day, the next day, and then the next day, and then the next rep. Um, and I know that's probably what Coach Beamer is preaching, but you know, I, I think a testament of his teams over the past two years have just been. It's how they've been able to bounce back from adversity. Uh, I, I think that's been a, just like a common theme throughout this season, last season. Uh, all of the woes that, that came with the Missouri game, they're already looking at that. You know, they're already buttoning up, okay, what could we tweak? What could be different? But it's as cliche as it sounds, it's can we put the blinders on because, I mean, I know they had a real good party in South in, in, on Saturday night and probably into Sunday um, in Columbia. But 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 can we can we let it go? Uh, can we get back in the building and can we put one foot in front of the other? Like like really, that's all that's going to have to. That, that's what you have to do because all of the noise and like the euphoria that I feel, it's probably times ten for the players. Uh, as they're walking around campus this week. And so, I mean, put those blinders on and one rep, one rep after the next one at practice this week. And I have no doubt that we can replicate. That's exhausting, though, isn't it? To, I mean, you've got all this energy and you want to feel these good vibes, but you got to put absolutely everything you have into every single rep. And you can't let up until it's February. That's the biggest and, challenge, and, having that focus. And, you know, because if you do, I mean, you're going against one of the most, probably the most savage defensive line that I've seen in a long time at Clemson. Like, I mean, those guys, they just, they run to the ball. They play hard. They play fast. Uh, it's going to be a game of the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, it's just, if you don't do that, it's just not going to be pretty. Um, 
I mean, Coach Beeman knows that Clemson has a really good team. And, you know, you know, with Will Shipley in the backfield and, you know, him being able to take it at any instant from kickoff return or, you know, just from a simple handoff. I mean, it's it's imperative that we just stick, like, just one foot in front of the other. And, and I mean, that that's I mean, that kind of has to be the message or, you know, and, and, you know, playing at Death Valley, no matter what time it is, whether it's noon or 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 eight or seven o'clock game. I mean, it's going to be loud. Uh, it's going to be rowdy. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But I think where we're headed, like the trajectory of our program, because we now have the right leader. Uh, this might be a sign of where we're going, you know, how we handle this. Marcus, that's exactly what I wanted to explore with you because he's got like this bingo card that he's – he being Shane Beamer that he's got to check off, you know, get a 500 record. They did that last year. Go to a bowl game. They did that. Win a bowl game. They did that. Beat, a, beat an SEC team on the road. They did that. They won at Kentucky. They beat a ranked team. They beat Tennessee for the first time. I mean, he keeps checking off this list, checking off this list, and pretty soon the goals become more and more impressive, you know, now beat Clemson and Clemson. I mean, that would be a a remarkable achievement. I can't imagine, though, a better situation for South Carolina going into this weekend, given the confidence they have and given everything that they achieved on Saturday night. But, But let me ask you this, Marcus. Do you come out like you did against Tennessee? Because to your point, this defense is is monster. This is a this is a defensive monster. Do you go out guns a blazing, or do you try to be conservative and just try to get what you can, when you can, however you can? Well, I, I'll, I'll say this: um, it feels really good knowing that our special team is a weapon. Like we go into game with strategies, and I truly believe, as an opponent. That keeps you on your heels, like that. Like that always keeps you thinking about what could and what could possibly be. I mean, Coach Beamer. He, I mean, he plays. He plays the, the the laws of average. I mean, he's not afraid to go go for it on fourth down. He's not afraid to fake punt. He's not afraid to do all these things. He's fearless, and I feel like it's rubbing off on our players. Like it, maybe maybe it took a while for them to actually believe in his message and his positivity which is which is kind of spread it kind of you saw it spread through the through the stadium at Williams Bryce on Saturday uh but I feel like they've caught a fire and they they're catching on and if we don't attack I think we go against our identity uh offensively uh I I, I mean juice Wells I mean he's playing just as good as any receiver in the country. I mean, you got to keep feeding that dude, and you got to keep feeding Jaheim Bell. I mean, it's if we don't attack, if we're not aggressive, I think we go against the grain of the culture that he has built. Joined by Marcus Lattimore. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus Lattimore. Marcus, a few more minutes, please. Let me get your opinion on this. Spencer Rattler, thirty for thirty-seven, four hundred thirty-eight yards, six touchdowns. He also caught a pass for fifteen yards. But also this, Cam Smith, defensive back extraordinaire, held Jalen Hyatt six receptions on 65 yards, guarding the dude in the slot when he rarely guards the slot receiver. Which of those two guys had a more impressive evening to you, Spencer Rattler or Cam Smith? Oh, man. I'm just so happy for Spencer Rattler. (laughs) 
I, I really am. You know, Cam Smith, Cam Smith, he is so talented. So, I mean, if I'm being honest, I kind of expected him to do that. I mean, because he has so much talent. He is, uh, he spent a lot of time with J.C. Horn. You know, I would always see them having conversations and doing things after practice. Um, it, it, he he is going to get better and better. He's going to get into a good program in the NFL. He's going to be pr- probably an all-pro. But Spencer Rattler, I mean, just all of this crap that he's taken since high school. I mean, like, since he's been on Netflix, he's been taking crap. And for him, like, to just keep bouncing back no matter what, like, no matter what, he always will go out there and give his best. And, I mean, you you saw what he's capable of doing. You saw remnants of what he was capable to do at Oklahoma, but, I mean, on on Saturday night, that's always been in him. Uh, Maybe it it took a coach like Coach Beamer to pull it out and Coach Satterfield to – to, to to call up and call up the plays that, that fit his style. I'm happy for Spencer Rattler. Um and I think he's gonna keep this thing rolling on Saturday. Marcus, I want to get your take on something here and, and uh, looking forward to hearing your response. And it, your injury history is well documented. I'm not gonna get into it. You haven't let it define you. I'm not gonna let it define you. But I would like to know Hendon Hooker, torn ACL, his college career probably over. If you could call Hendon Hooker today, what what would you tell him? What advice would you give him going forward? Because I know it's not apples to apples, and technology has evolved, and and rehabbing is different now than it was when you were going through everything you went through. But still, rehab is rehab, and it's got to have a hit on your mind. What would you tell Hendon Hooker? Yeah, it was kind of eerily similar, uh, unfortunately. You know, it was late in the year when mine happened, and, uh, you know, he's headed towards the Heisman, and I've, so, like, really, really enjoyed watching him play. Um, this, I mean, his his talent kind of speaks for itself. I mean, what what he's been able to do at Tennessee, I think he, he's forever beloved. But um, I would tell Herndon Hooker, man, just – just, just, just know like this is not the defining moment of your life. Kind of like what you just said. I mean, it, it's it's so easy to be down in the dumps right now, you know, and ask yourself why me. You know, that's the first question that comes after something happens with the way his season was going. It's like, why did this happen to me? Like, I, you know, but. I mean, just all of the people that he's about to inspire in the state of Tennessee, all across America, and he's just going to be able to use this platform, um, this adversity, like use this adversity. Use it, use it, and, and, and allow it to make you a better person. I know this for certain. He's going to be a better player after this. Um, so I would just tell him, like, just just know that this is not the end. This is only going to amplify his platform, allow him a bigger voice, and uh, just I, I hope he knows that South Carolina is praying for him. I know Tennessee is, and the whole nation um, is is behind him. But uh, he's going to come out stronger. The non-contact part of it—that's got to be the most demoralizing aspect of all this, man. It wasn't like you were getting a hit 
or anybody took a helmet to your leg. You just you planted your foot, and then God had a different plan for you. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, you know, as everybody else, you saw the knee buckle. Um, you kind of knew something was wrong. Um, and, and, yeah, it's it, it, there's make no bones about it. It sucks. Like it, it's a it, it's a sucky feeling. Um, you never want it to happen, but man, like it's uh, he, he's got a lot of good. He's got a lot of positive thoughts, prayers, and love coming his way. Um, he's gonna come back stronger. I know he is. Nothing else. He'll never have to buy a meal in Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> that you got that right. We're joined by the great Marcus Lattimore. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus Lattimore. Marcus, before we let you go, what's going on with you now? I see Lewis and Clark College, Director of Player Development. Are you living in Oregon? I am in Portland, Oregon. Um, it, it is a beautiful part of the country. Uh, highly recommend just coming to see the nature here. I work at Lewis and Clark as a mentor. But I'm also at about four or five different high schools in Portland. Um, I'm always going to be connected to the game. The game is is inside of me, and just like what it, the the, the lessons that it that it gave me of overcoming challenges, uh, relishing challenges. Um, are right, but uh, it, it's yeah that that that's the game. I'm living in Oregon. I'm back at home for Thanksgiving. I'm about to enjoy, enjoy time with the family. Uh, go by and see my see my people at Burns High School, and uh, enjoy some good food. And because I got a lot to be thankful for, um, so it's gonna be a good week. Is it, it, I, I've been to Oregon. I've been to Portland. Does it does it rain a lot there? It rained every day I was there. I was there about four days. It it, it might rain every day the next two months. Uh, which, it, it, man, you have to you have to work hard for your mental health because that <laughs> and that and that dark depression uh, it, it can weigh on you. But you have to get out in it. It kind of makes you tougher. Like you have to get out in it. I try to run in it. Try to stay moving. Um, it makes your mind stronger. But when the summer comes, it's just in bloom. Everything's in bloom. It's beautiful. It's it's, it's really colorful. Um, yeah. It's, sounds it's to me like, a beautiful part of the country. Sounds to me like maybe we need to go recruiting out there. Shane Beamer needs to go out there and if they're tougher guys out there because of the depression and the gloom from the weather. <laughs> it it definitely makes you tougher. Um, but it's a different kind of tough. Now, I'd say there's no humidity out there. Don't. So we're tougher in a completely different way. Like these, like the West Coast guys, they couldn't handle – they could not handle August here. Um <laughs> August in in South Carolina or July in South Carolina. I, I feel like that that's what separates SEC football. Um, it's just we we sweat in it. <laughs> yeah, those guys come from elsewhere. They need a snorkel to go outside in August. They can't handle it. <laughs> He's the great Marcus Lattimore. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus Lattimore. Marcus, appreciate you hopping on today. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And I got to promise you I want to get you back on very soon. Please, please, I look forward to it. All right, pal. Appreciate you, Marcus. It's the great Marcus Lattimore. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus Lattimore. Going all the way to Oregon. 
mentoring and coaching and developing young men. And, and I like his words of wisdom from Hendon Hooker, man. I mean, if anybody knows, it's Marcus Lattimore. God help him, everything he overcame. His football career didn't go the way it was expected, but you heard it from himself. It made him stronger. God bless Marcus Lattimore. Excellent stuff. It's the Scott Hamilton Show on Monday. Oh, yeah.